0: I remember all my life, raining down as
1: cold as I
0: (laughs) Happy people pass my way, looking in your
1: eyes, nice to a man I never realized how happy you made me, oh Mandy You're a special one, Mandy Tear him up! Don't be negative Episode 17, Mandy
2: so,
3: all right. Hey, another one. Are we recording now? We are recording now. All right, so this is episode 17? Yes. It's been a while. It we're has. Gonna, we did a video for Halloween because life got complicated. Uh, so what are we going to talk about? We're going to talk about Barry Manilow's song, <laughs> No. Copacabana. Okay, there was blood and a single gunshot, but just who <laughs> shot whom? At the cut. Copa. When I went to camp, Copacabana... Was the big song, one of the years that I went to camp. Really? And, now, you uh, didn't have a show at the end where you all dressed up and sang it, did you? Did, we did have a show, but we did, I, I would not do the show. Anyway, so the, the movie is not about Copacabana. Okay. But it is about another uh, Barry Manilow hit, which I got to say, I was surprised we didn't hear it in the movie. And I was glad. The movie is? Mandy from 2018. It's only three years old. Yeah. I thought it was older than that. Well, well time works differently now. <laughs> It really does. So Mandy is funny because I didn't, uh, you had said some things about Mandy that you had liked it. And I was like, I couldn't get into it. I tried watching it first like 15 minutes and I just was like, I was tired. I don't think this is a movie you should watch tired. Right. It's long. Mm. It's dense in detail and incident, if not plot but you really do have to pay attention and it's what would you say it's not really mind fuckery it's not psychedelic it's there's a psychedelic approach to the movie but it is not a movie where you go what's going on you always know what's going on it's not surreal in that but it is a surreal looking right feel the plot itself does not become necessarily surreal it becomes weird But it's not like a David Lynch movie where a character will walk in and do some weird thing and everybody will act as if it's normal and there's no explanation. I mean, there are explanations, actually, for everything. The movie is a bit of an experience to go through.
2: If someone came to you and said, I really like Suspiria, Mm. and I've watched all our gentle Mm. films, and I'm looking for another film that makes me feel like Suspiria. yeah, This is the closest film that I've ever felt gave me that experience. It is... Visually,
3: fascinating. sure. I thought about Suspiria a lot it, because it's, of the color palette. Right. I mean, this felt like a supernatural movie even before the supernatural or the supernormal. It's not really a supernatural movie if you want to split hairs. It's a science fiction movie, except that it's approached as a fantasy and it's got a lot of horror. Right. It's a really fucked up movie. Well, I mean, it's a it's it's a really welcome fucked up movie. It was not what I expected it to be at all. The only image I had seen of Mandy was Nicolas Cage in the car with blood all over his face, giving that smile, which turns out, I mean, obviously spoilers when we, you know, happens at the very, very last like minute of the movie or two minutes of the movie. He looks like Bruce Campbell in Evil Dead 2 when he's wigging out and covered in blood and they have the fisheye lens on him and you're supposed to feel crazy because he's going crazy. I thought it was going to be an absolute bloodbath. Mono- you know, just over-the-top crazy film, which it kind of is, but absolutely not in a, the usual way. I mean, I've never seen a film that looked like this, felt like this, the whole way through, ever. It's like Suspiria as an action film by a anal retentive metal fan who plays a lot of D&D. There's an emulation of the 80s, but it's not trying to do the 80s. It's not throwing a million references at you. We're trying to look like an 80s movie. It takes place in the 80s. It does.
2: But I feel like it also feels like an 80s movie in the sense that it's crazy and original and
3: odd. It's, 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 It's interesting. It's kind of hard for me to think about the movie without thinking about Beyond the Black Rainbow, which I, for good or bad, watched after this directly. I was so knocked out by Mandy that I was like, okay, now I've got to see that other film that he made, which I was already interested in seeing because the poster and the concept I was like, "This sounds like it's up my alley." I kind of like the Cronenberg sound of this and whatnot. And it, I just did not like Beyond the Black Rainbow at all. I mean, neither did I. If you have listened to the episode uh, that we did on Colorado Space, I I just don't like Nicolas Cage. I I may have to reverse well everything the, I think about Nicolas Cage because you told the only thing you told me about the movie is this is not Nicolas Cage doing Nicolas Cage. And I agree. I mean, right. I, I think he understood the assignment. One of the things really we good in this
2: is Nicolas Cage was in Valley Girl, and he's terrific. I haven't he seen was that. In, yeah, he yeah. was in. Um, I liked him in. Uh Raising
3: Arizona. I liked him in Peggy Sue Got Married. Yes, he was uh, I, Moonstruck. I mean, he. Was, I, yeah, I didn't like. Well, Moonstruck's not his but, fault. I but, think he's fine. I think he's miscast, but I think Moonstruck's not a very good movie. Yeah.
2: But but we're, oh, he's an actor. He, he's yeah. an actor.
3: He can act. But the things he's been doing for the last like he's just crisscrossing the world, making a new movie every week, and I hated his his performance in Colorado Space. Well,
2: that was one where he where they gave him one or two scenes where they were like, being Nicholas Cage. Yeah,
3: and the thing is, I thought. He was so underplaying, and I felt like his character had a real inner idea of. I felt like he was reacting for a movie that's not natural at all. I thought that the, his character is the most for lack of a better way, normal character in this entire movie, even though they give you a lot well, of reference inference as to what his former life well, was.: like. Well, that's,
2: that's one of: the Everyone things-
3: else. His wife, Mandy, is weird. I couldn't get inside her. You know what I mean? I was trying to figure yeah. her out. She's she's terrific. She's a terrific actress. That's, yeah, I, don't, uh, I mean... Andrea uh, Riseborough. Oh, I think she's fine, but she's actually kind of... Like, I'm sitting there trying to relate to her character insofar as I know that we're supposed to really like her. I did not know exactly what was going to happen in the movie. Um, I didn't know it was a revenge movie, you know, at, at heart. I'm not good with quiet people. So it was really weird to have so much quiet in a movie that has so much violence and... Insane, insane stuff going. I couldn't quite get yeah. her character. Is she smart? Is she dumb? Oh, Is I, she... I th- to, to me, you get the
2: idea that she's she's damaged. Yeah. She's had a hard life. Yeah. She tells a story early on in the movie right. about, about, about the her star- father. About the, about uh, the, Starling the Starlings. Wars. Yeah, uh, Basically, her father obviously was a monster. Was a lunatic. Her appearance, she has long black hair. She's kind of got a earth mother yeah. witchy
3: feel to yeah, her. Yeah, she wears the black she wears the metal shirt. She wears, right. you know, Sabbath and things like that. Yes, um, I think,
2: and uh, and she has a scar. She has a prominent scar on her face. Yeah. And the weird thing about this movie, which is that it it has kind of a a, a subtle storytelling style, where you where on other viewings, I picked up you, you have know to little things. If you
3: pay attention, it's something I definitely want to go into is that the story is very simple, but the the detail is meticulous to the point where if you're, if you're paying attention, which you kind of have to because the pace allows you to, um, you will catch things in this movie that are just really, like, it's not the same movie at all, but I saw House of the Devil afterward and people were praising that for its evocation of the 80s and the late 70s, which I did not believe at all, just because they had the props. In Mandy, everything is so deliberate. And there's so much invisible thing. Not invisible, but there's writing that doesn't have anybody go. Oh, yeah, I used to drink. Well, I was That's gonna... one of my favorite bits that I caught. Right. The guy asks him if he wants a beer. Right. In the... Now, I notice it, but at the same time, I mean, we're all smart to a degree when we watch our movies now. We all put aside, if you see a gun, everything's a, go- a checkoff gun now. The beer bottle is a checkoff gun. Uh, the T-shirts people are wearing—we look at them to see if there's clues, because when we know that the filmmakers are aware, we're aware. For good or for bad, everything's too aware now. So you're looking at things and going. Uh, part of me is looking at Mandy and and, and 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 you know I never remember his name. Uh, uh, red. Red, right? I'm I'm looking at their room and going, this is beautifully art directed. This looks like a lived-in room that people have knocked things over or forgotten right. things. It's not a sloppy room, but well, it's a meticulously I, art-directed living space. Well,
2: I also feel those two characters, Red and Mandy, feel like real people. Yes,
3: she reads books. Yes, she. He looks. Over, he doesn't necessarily understand exactly what she's talking about, <laughs> right. but he loves her. Right. So he just goes. They were so taciturn and tired and burnt. You know, his job obviously is fucking rotten, and she's like you said, she's damaged. But they love each other. Yeah. But they almost look like they wouldn't have time to pet a dog because they're just so, you know what I mean? I found them depressing. His job is such work that, I mean, like, my shoulders hurt if I have to watch anybody logging. And then he, they're doing it, obviously, in the middle of fuck all because they have to take a helicopter, you know. So you're really paying attention. And the guy offers him a beer. Right. And he refuses it. It's not done blatantly. It's done over the credits, which is nice and which is kind of smart.
2: Right. I missed
3: that. Oh, okay. The
2: first time I watched right. it. Right. You and could the, easily miss it. And the scene that made me <gasps> love the movie yeah. was the bathroom the scene. The bathroom scene's because good
3: Nicolas Cage.
2: Nicolas Cage goes into this bathroom. We have generally, to get into
3: the plot. That whole scene generally works and, for me.
2: And he reaches into the bottom of the sink in the bathroom and takes out a bottle of vodka. And I went, oh my God, he's an alcoholic. Right. He
3: hit. I'm like... Right. That's fucking yeah. brilliant. Yeah. They didn't have to do well, that. I'm sitting there I'm watching him pull it when he pulls it out I go, "What's he got hidden in there that he's going to be why is he hiding his alcohol for his body?" And no. It's it, well, it's his alcohol for his everything because <laughs> he fucking works that. Do, do, should we get into the plot of Mandy? It sure because it's actually the in some ways the least important part of it without me sounding mean. I mean, it's not it's a very quick plot. It's the incident and the detail and the way that things are approached that elevate this revenge movie, right? Um, which starts off as like, so yes, Mandy, what what would you say it's about? Well,
2: well, we meet in the beginning. We meet Nicholas Cage character,
3: whose name's Red. Right. He over is... King Crimson playing over this, right off the bat. My D and D radar is up. <laughs> I'm like, oh shit! I did I was. This is how tired I was. I watched that's, the credits and I listened to the music and didn't catch that that was King Crimson, yeah. who I've seen in concert. Well, <laughs> it is later King Crimson, but... And I'm like, oh, fucking Christ. My nerd, my childhood nerd... And this happens a lot in this movie. Yeah. Throughout this movie, I found myself sitting in front of bookstores, looking in the window mm. at, at books when no. I was 12, 13 years old, right. rolling dice, looking at comic book ads. This was the most nostalgic movie without... Choke you with it no it didn't choke me at all it, in fact I mean it, it practically took me by the hand and led me through this horrifically violent apocalyptic I don't know if it's folk horror I think it but partly it's, to me it was like mythology horror mm. it was like American mythology created in front of my eyes of everything from violence to revenge movies to genre movies to childhood bad parenting Dungeons and Dragons, Heavy Metal the Movie, Heavy Metal the Magazine, comics, Conan the Barbarian. I I don't think I've ever seen a film that was this evocative without actually... Throwing the shit in your face by having it be books on shelves and the character who's always got the Cthulhu book next to them on the shelf or this, the Heinlein book or, you know, I just watched this ter- terrible Silent Night, Bloody Night 4. I decided to watch the ones that, and there's a, you could see Tales from the Cthulhu Mythos, the Arkham <laughs> book, and it's basically screaming at you. Yeah. Look yeah. at me. But that's Brian Yasna and he's a putz. And so, yes, so, yes, it's red, sorry, red. What is he he's a, he's a lumberjack I guess? Yeah, he's a he's a lumberjack. He he's a he's, It's 1983. It's 1983. Right. He, where
2: exactly are they?
3: They're upper northwest or it's obviously where they do logging. Right. In but, 1983. But
2: it, he gets picked up in a helicopter and goes to wherever he lives. Yeah. Which we find out I believe is the first chapter heading The Shadow Mountains.
3: Well, that's Yeah, that's the other thing. Uh well, actually, let's just do plot, and then okay. that's part of the approach. The, so, sh- the so chapters.
2: We we meet him, we meet his wife or girlfriend. I'm not even sure if it's specifically said if they. I can't or remember. No. Yeah, I, no, I don't I
3: know. I can't remember, and I don't remember if I think they have several. I think they wear a ring. We basically have time
2: with, them's time with together.
3: them. A lot being together, and it's it's very languid. We, we, yeah, let's we, try this. Let me try not to interject, and let's try to do just the plot. Okay. So we and, and we spent a meet, lot of time with them. And we, uh, we she spend draws. A lot of time with, she draws. She reads. She reads she science reads, fiction and fantasy right, books, we're, and we're, she tells him about. She's telling him about he. He kind of avoids talking about his day because it's his day, and she tells him about what. And he's very tender with her. Oh, um, very. As if you know. He's watching out, maybe for you know what I mean. Like you said, she is obviously hurt and she's fragile, and she's a little odd. I wouldn't call she her goes, fragile. I don't. I don't know because she. He seems well. I'm. This is my interpretation, obviously, because he seems to real. I feel like he's almost watching out for signs that she's okay. I think that's just me. Mm. But she also. She walks her. I mean, she. She doesn't. She does leave the house. She yeah. works. Is she she thinks? works. Do they have a store in their house or no? Do, I, think I was confused. by I some feel of their...
2: like she just works in a local kind of it convenience was, yeah, store. Some, a, later, yeah, because they show it later,
3: but it almost looked like the layout of their house in some weird. Not a big deal, but yeah, she works at a at a local shop that right. sells with a. It's it's basically it looks like a log cabin bodega. Well, yeah, it has a, yeah, it has a, a, a cigar box, sell, use, a cigar box register. So it could have had been a comic, comic book store. store in the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> But um, they sell food and they said she's, you know, uh, but and she walks around in the woods. Yeah. Uh, t- takes breaks in the woods. And they have a, the cabin is weird because the cabin is like kind of run down looking and whatnot. And it's not clean. It's not, it's not dirty, but it's not uh, pristine. Pristine. Things are all over the mm-hmm. place. But they have that bedroom. The bedroom is is not what you expect from that house. It's a huge glass window behind their bed. Which clearly shows that they are isolated. Right. If you can feel comfortable going to sleep and fucking or whatever the hell it is you do up there, with just the woods back there. So I mean, they're almost in this idyllic little cave or something. Right. They're there. in. The,
2: they've 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 created kind oh. of their little world yes. for themselves. Yes. And in the beginning, we see them do things like watch a Don Dollar film. And okay. It,
3: that's when I knew I was going to love this movie. <laughs> Not kidding. When when I saw the disco lights, I went bonkers cuz I didn't make it that far. I only made it about 20 minutes in the first time or 15 minutes in. And when they're watching a horror movie and I'm going, that looks familiar and it's fucking Night Beast. I went, "Whoever the fuck made this movie did a deep dive in Night of the Living Dead up there or the thing or I could not fucking believe this right. Night and the, Beast. And it's, he's killing them. It's Night Beast shooting disco lights at right. people and I'm laughing my ass so I go, okay, this movie can...
2: Right, and they're just sitting around pass. in front of the TV eating like human beings yeah. do. Yeah. It yeah. feels real.
3: Yeah. They snuggle, they talk about their day, she tells them this story and the interesting thing is how quiet and they're clearly close and what's interesting is what's not done in those scenes there's no real melodrama there's no they're somehow very sad scenes for me i felt very sad for them even though there was nothing particularly sad going on nicholas cage doesn't really react to her that doesn't mean he's ignoring her at all but he doesn't it's carried by mood and atmosphere a lot of those scenes And what we learn, we don't learn a ton about them except if you pay attention to the
2: well, you you, you visuals you, right, and you also you also get a couple of stories she tells sure. that she read a, uh, astro- a astronomy book. Yeah, and you know, yeah, you they get... talk about their favorite
3: planets, but it's very what's the word? Uh, mundane, real, but it, yeah. it's it's mundane, but sort of really involving. There's not what you get in move in your usual movie where, uh, first of all, usually there's a kid. Whether or not that kid lives through the first scene or not. But I mean, there's usually some... They're not middle class people. They're not the jobs that you normally see. They have a tough life, but it's not one of those weepy, we just lost a father, son, brother. Now we have to go live in the woods. I mean, this movie does not start on a big upbeat or a bunch of people moving their boxes into their beautiful new house where something funny happens and they all laugh, you know what I'm saying? Or they, they you know, they, like... they're a couple
2: living a settled life yes. that they've been living for years or
3: whatever. And as those scenes go on, there's a, there's a weird tension because he starts talking about getting out. Yeah. And you don't really know why. Right. He, he is, Well, we'll learn
2: later he's dreaming yeah. about stuff, but he feels like maybe they should leave and she loves it there.
3: Yeah, she says she really it. likes it there. She likes, and, and, you start to wonder. This makes you kind of wonder, what, so are they from here? Are they not from here? And your movie sense kicks in as to, are they on the run? Are they, you know what I mean? It's, and that's not even right. It's just that it's just that you start to wonder because when you're given so little information, you have to start, your brain immediately, my brain at least goes, why does he want to leave? And she loves it there. So obviously they haven't talked about this before. How long have they been there? They seem to have been there for quite a while. Right. Their house is full of stuff. It's really lived in and it sounds like not a lot happens but you're you're being it's almost like world building it's almost like world building except that it's just a small world right now right. it's hard to explain but i was riveted this time even though i had no fucking idea what i was supposed to be riveted by <laughs> because yeah they watched movies i mean it's all it takes a while yeah What, 20 minutes 25 fucking minutes you spend with them so I honestly would suggest not watching this movie if you're tired or in a bad mood. <laughs> uh, from personal experience, I just was I was I was losing patience with it, to be honest. And it's a like, it's a longish movie, I and mean, it is slow. Mm. Uh, uh, that first first part, we have a, a
2: scene where Mandy's walking through the woods, and a car approaches, and we're introduced to our bad guys.
3: Our bad guys, yeah, yeah, most of our bad guys, and just off the. Just off that fucking look of that van. (laughs) They were either bad guys or they were a folk band. Yeah. Or both. The van shows up, but it's just not a clear shot of a van showing up. It's very, very atmospheric. Lights first, then the van. It's like the fucking coming of an army, (laughs) you know? And it's just a single van. And the whole film has this almost operatic look to it where the events of this movie are actually very small. This is not a world threatening. Community-threatening... This this takes place with a group of people. And it does not move out... There is world-building outside of this movie. But the movie itself, it's not like New York is threatened or the, the Pacific Northwest is threatened or if we don't win this, monsters will be... It's no different than Last House on the Left in some ways. I mean, it, Except it, it, it's an opera. Right, it's it, Wagner, Wagner, Wagnerian.
2: Right, the, the music... The, the way the shots are are composed the color you know the first shot of Mandy is her smoking something from a pipe So yeah. you're told right in the beginning yeah. this is druggy and trippy yeah, you might and want odd. to light up yourself you know? yeah yeah and I would
3: love to see this in a theater
2: Oh yeah I really yeah, would
3: yeah I really really would. It would be like seeing heavy metal. You know that the play, you'd get a contact high. <laughs> I saw heavy metal as a kid. I think at the Fox. I can't remember. And I was like, it was one of those early movies where the place was filled with pot smoke. Um, so yeah, the the bad guys drive by and you know they're bad. Uh, yeah, they practically had the imperial death march on them, yeah. which they don't. But you know, you're watching <laughs> yeah. them. It's like these six, six or seven, hippie scumbags. They reek of cult oh yeah right and they're not even doing much anything and you're like you want to take a bath yeah they're just and they're not like the hills have eyes or you know less i just saw last house on the left for the first time ever and i thought it was a garbage garbage movie we meet the cult leader was it jeremiah Yes, funny. I think that's his name, Jeremiah. So, so
2: we meet him, he's uh, Linus Roach. I don't know the actor's. He was he plays the assistant DA in Law & Order After oh, Piggy I Eyes. I don't
3: know Order. Yeah,
2: Becomes uh, Really? So, becomes this is obviously DA. not
3: a this is, the this is not a role you would expect to see. You got that character. But yeah, he he was I found him alternately cringey and really good, which I would say for a cult leader is dead on. Because anytime I thought he was going a little too Buffalo Bill, you know what I mean? Yeah, sure, sure. But uh, but there's more to it than that in a film that's not very realistic. Well, the characters are way more realistic than they need to be in something this style. And, it, and it's also... If you know what I'm saying. And it's
2: very well done because... I the, hated
3: that bunch. Boy, did I hate them.
2: When we meet them, we meet our cult leader. We know he's a cult leader because he's talking to a woman and the way they interact. Yeah. And then he calls for Brother Swan to come in yeah. and he says he wants Mandy... Yeah. And then he says, "Send in this other girl," yeah. and it's she walks in, and they close the door. And there's clearly, fade. There's lots yeah.
3: of fades and dissolves yeah. in this movie that and sh- really works, yes. and not show transitions. And also saying, "You think you think we're going to show this? We're not." Yeah. You just pay attention. We don't have time for this right now, or maybe we're just not interested in you seeing the abuse of this character. You know she's abused, right? Because well, the acting, the scene, the cut. So yeah, we, we meet these characters, and he sees her and he locks in on her and decides he wants her. This, the. Right. That's what and he's he really was five or others. And you can the dynamics are pretty interesting because they're a bit cliched, but they're also the way cults kind of work. Well he's got his, his, he's got his plaything, he's got his mama, right who is aging out, and obviously the dynamic is pissing her off that mm. she's getting older and he's paying, he's treating her shitty maybe he always did but you but that character is she's the most evil thing in the movie oh, yeah. in some ways yeah she's she is terrific not but you you know if you're expecting her to be the one that goes let me help you uh, <laughs> no <laughs>
2: and, and and the thing is too you get your your dumb cult guys that it just seems yes. they don't even know what the yes. hell's going he's on he's got
3: uh, there's one that he's like uh, obviously they're just uh, dragging him along to use him uh they say it. They say it pretty well, that's, early on. That's the
2: thing. I found There's a the, there's an the overweight guy. Piggy guy. he Right. Calls there's, him a, or there's an overweight guy, curly blonde hair, who this is your first hint that something's we, a little weirder maybe, yeah. in reality because he says we'll we'll offer
3: him. Yeah. To them. We'll yeah. Offer him to them. Well, and you're like, yeah. What the fuck is? What are you talking yeah. about? Yeah. See, and you you you're know, not gonna guess what it is. Yeah, you know, no. No. No, no, not really. I mean, I just thought, you know, at worst they were going to kill him in some stupid satanic shit. Right. But it's really hard. I mean, I'd have to watch it again and then read up on it to exactly know what their cult was based around. Well,
2: there's some, there's some hints of stuff because there's... We learn about the the horn of Abracus. Well, they throw in some <laughs> fucking
3: actual D anD D shit. And, the, and, and the, so, yeah, the, the tainted d- pale sword. They've and got the a, pale knife. Well, you realize things are fucked up because one of them's got an ocarina or a horn or something like that. And you know, you go on like, oh, these guys are like listening to Zeppelin getting high and 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 making sounds. But uh, I guess is that the next really important scene? Actually, well, the well, horn. Well. well no, I think... Because he sure. tells her to go get Mandy, and he says well, that his, like, number one scumbag guy, who's very, very creepy... Yeah, Brother brother doesn't look very, very creepy. He looks like he could be an accountant who went to seed. Right. That guy really bothered me. I, I just wanted him to get his really bad. He was a very annoying, in a good way, uh, um, oh, yeah. scumbag.
2: But well, there's also... I'm not sure if this comes before that, but there is a scene... Where the older character, uh, the uh, mother, she goes to Mandy's work. That's
3: right. She goes to see her.
2: And they start talking. And I didn't, I feel like I was stupid because I didn't realize it till this, but they go, well, where, you know, like, where do you live? And they say, Crystal Lake.
3: Oh, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah.
2: then it dawned on me, oh my God, this is a love letter to 80s movies.
3: Yes. I just. Sure. Didn't realize yeah, how yeah. deep into. Well, it, it turns is. out. It turns out when you watch this and you and you see the first movie this guy made, which is a total seventies eighties. Mm. You know, there's a lot of Cronenberg. There's a lot of Kubrick. There's there's literally there's a scene that's from Silent Green, the Edward G. Robinson death scene with his his mentor. There's there's just. I mean, this guy. You know, it's funny. We were talking earlier about how so many young, younger fil- filmmakers like you know they grew up watching movies aspiring to make movies and making movies and that seems to be the extent of their their life experience i mean forget going to war like sam fuller or something like that but they didn't have newspaper none of us do they don't go into movies from having newspaper reporter jobs or from uh you know whatever the fuck people did before they got into the movies back in the day when it was there was no real rule of how you got into you didn't go to film school uh Everything I don't like about so many of those movies, I liked here because it was just—it's a—it's a measure of degrees of how do you approach it. Because this thing didn't scream, but it's not like here's D. Wallace, and here's in a small role, and here's Mary Warrenoff, who I love, and it was great to see her. But it just wears it on its sleeve, because it's not a thematic thing; it's an in-your-face thing. It's like uh, the void, mm-hmm. you know. It's like I, I know you love Carpenter, but you know, C- Carpenter loved john ford and a bunch of other things and he didn't shove john ford in your face and goes hey man have you seen stagecoach uh, let's talk about stagecoach you know it's like right. it, this this the, movie felt like an
2: 80s movie in the sense that it was crazy and original and odd not that i thought the hairstyles and the shoes right. were right
3: yeah and but i wasn't bothered by the hairstyles issue, which was good well, yeah, it, I wasn't bothered But by, it wasn't the important thing. It wasn't. But, but that's the thing.
2: I, you know, I know it happens in yeah. in 1983. Yeah.
3: But that doesn't matter. Right after the credits, Nick Cage Red drives home, and it's a scene I really liked because he's listening to Reagan on the radio, and it's not that he turns Reagan off. It's just that his car is a fucking. <laughs> it's a kind of car that we all had in the 80s. Do you know what I'm saying? It's yeah. got wires hanging out of it. It looks like it breaks down a lot. It's dirty. It's I. This is a movie that I afterwards I went. I would love to see a sequel to this movie. Okay. Doesn't have to have Nick Cage in it, right? Just because there is an outside world happening in this movie that's fascinating to me, which is where I think our next scene opens it all up. Well, yeah, what we have because is crazy that we have, shit. Yeah, we have comes Brother
2: out. Swan go out with a bunch of the other cult guys. Yeah, yeah, and he's got the horn of a bracis that he which calls. he gives him
3: yeah uh, 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 jeremiah gives right. him this so he 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 blows the horn and this is where the movie changes for me
2: because i have no idea and then cenobites on motorcycles show up
3: yes yeah and you're like yes what yeah hellraiser appears on bikes right. it's, but it's done so well it's it's, it. it's just so weird well at first i thought this is a supernatural movie cuz i had no you know i mean he's blowing this horn for a reason they've blown this horn before I thought that it was going to be one of those, you know, in the Odyssey, uh, the, it, that it was a lure.
2: Oh, like the like the sirens. Yeah,
3: I thought it was like a siren call almost. That that, okay. that, that, that they were, she was going to end up walking through the woods. Oh, that okay. She was going to be drawn out.
0: Oh,
2: I'm
3: glad and then, it wasn't that. No, well, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. I thought that they had they put a spell on her or something. Okay. I'm like, okay, so we, so these guys are like not just ren Fair drug addicts. There's there's going to be <laughs> there's going to be magic in this, and there is, except that they were calling these fucking. Boogeymen, yeah, and i think one's a woman Yeah, a, i think one's i think there's a lady cenobite because really cenobite was the first thing yes they're all backlit mm. it's very 80s it's right. they show up on on motorcycles Trikes. and trike and it's like the most epic thing on yeah. earth but it's really just a bunch of people showing up on motorcycles right. then you start noticing that they're in like leather armor and i'm thinking people under the stairs right. cenobites and it's then fetishy then they show it's... one guy has spikes all over him and I'm going this is what the Eternals look like they, they, honestly you know this, and I'm going I would love to see this guy make a Jack Kirby movie because it was just epic and thrilling and nuts and confusing right.
2: and, and we, we find out this is the this is the Black Skull which is like what the f- yeah this is
3: Brother them Swan, showing up is when the movie goes crazy right and crazy.
2: Brother Swan it's, it's hinted at before but Brother Swan has to bring them something which is this ugly jar of greenish shit that this guy drinks yeah one of the the black skull guys yeah and more will be offered that's their payment to help get Mandy.
3: yeah is this where the chubby guy goes well no or does he go like no he goes he goes no he goes when they attack mandy right he gets uh, but these guys the other thing is they make noises oh they they, don't speak they this, i think they don't speak they clicking, grunt they grunt they this, talk gutturally they talk gutturally and and they sound like snorting pigs and they're breathing heavy and Ugh. they're not you don't think they're human no the movie just basically kicked up five notches for me because it became a clash of like folklore mm. urban folklore well, you said, you know, you, it you, just it you just, said
2: before when you know is was this folk horror there was a there's a scene well, clearly with Mandy a, yeah. when Mandy's just walking through right. the woods you get this sense. Sure. She has ridiculously long sure. black hair and it just I mean there's
3: there's the choose. drugs there's the there's the, the witch kind of like you're wondering almost if she was you know a Wiccan or a witch or something it doesn't quite go there but then you have actual cultists show up who have real magic that draws on D&D items as reference but also they work and they don't ever tell you it's a D&D rep- you know what i'm saying you don't have to know that and you don't uh because there's a blade i think the blade is the DD. Well, the- take a good look you worthless piece of human excrement this is the tainted blade of the pale night straight from the abyssal lair but anyway the thing is these guys there's all this 70s and 80s shit going on between music, science fiction and fantasy paperbacks. yeah, uh, um, Heavy metal and de- and black metal and dark metal. And, and, right. And I was going to say... And it's they, so fucking... I was... It creates its own world but of it... pop culture, folk culture
2: and urban legend. Going back to feeling real, yes, there's, you know, Red or especially Mandy... Are, are, say, heavy metal fans. Yeah. But they're not cliched heavy metal. No. It has n- it, no. None of the cliches and tropes they always put into these movies, which right. sometimes work terrifically, right. are played there. It's just the music they, they, they might they, listen they, to. Yeah.
3: I mean, you have no idea if they believe in Crowley or any of that shit or if they just listen to Sabbath. Well, she was
2: a, a Motley Crue shirt. I know. God I mean, damn. so,
3: hey, you know, yeah. I mean, well, it wasn't uh, White Snake. Well, are they <sighs> ever even around? The, who's, the, who's, the, who's the Christian one? Oh, Striper. Striper. I mean, <laughs>
1: Paul wants to go on record that he planned on sampling some Striper music, but while reviewing their greatest hits, he died.
3: (laughs) Then then (laughs) you just go, oh, come on. But yeah, they had the... And it does so much of it with invisible writing. That's not dialogue and it's not characters. It's not a director and a writer stacking the scenes with their favorite stuff, putting their favorite toys and their favorite books to overwhelm you and show you. It's not like Scream or anything like that where they're, you know, they're hyper aware of their surroundings and pop culture it's just it's all there for you to kind of get or not get
2: and there's a scene when they after they
3: blow the horn
2: they're waiting in the car and there's this guy one of the cult guys is just playing with the window yeah i was actually and, getting
3: kind of annoyed at and him too and that too. was
2: and that was this interesting injection of now kind of odd humor into it
3: it's probably the first place that that kicks in because everything yeah. is either well he tells that joke in the t- beginning which joke? I uh, don't remember. Knock knock. Knock knock.
0: Who's there? Eric Estrada. Eric Estrado. Eric Estrada from Chips. <laughs> Eric, Eric Estrada from Chips. Chips. <laughs> I, I, laughed. <laughs> I laughed.
3: I laughed. I was like, "It was the is that the only reference that's like." Blatant, yeah. And promise. he says it's so funny. <laughs> so, but yeah, once the horn is blown, yeah, he. he well, you, it's cool because you get the banal. I mean, I, I was kind of annoyed by that scene because I thought it was a very, it was kind of an indie movie scene. Even, the, even These though monsters, even out though of the town is of frightened Bell. by them, yes. their, and 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 yes. they know what's going. And, but this yeah. is a this is like a drug deal. It's just a bunch of white guys who go to a drug deal and they really shouldn't be there. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like it's so it threw me off so fucking hard. It was such a veer. And Mm -hmm. yeah, it's these, yeah, it's Cenobites on on wheels. They basically brought something out of the bowels of hell, except that there's a human element to it because they're riding around on bikes, which is just such a strange uh, uh, juxtaposition. Yes, thank you. uh, Yeah. It's just not what you were expecting.
0: Mm,
2: No.
3: It would be like, you know, like Conan Conan came out of the fucking woods or Thor. Right. And, or, you know, uh, people with swords. I mean, it's, (laughs) and you don't know what they are really
2: you learn yeah, what they
3: are oh and it's the funniest thing is that they have a total explanation for this stuff yeah it's great. and it's still crazy
2: brother swan some of the cultists and the uh the, the black thing, skulls yeah, the black, they, go. they grab her they, they go oh. to uh mandy and red's house yeah. uh, they attack them yeah and then there's a there's a scene that i think is one of the most effective scenes in the movie we've been talking about the uh heavyset gentleman that was promised that scene thing.
3: that's right that's the scene where they show what happens to him and they don't really show it
2: right it's like a scene from the fog or the or, halloween
3: i was yes i was thinking or a salem's very car- lot a or, Very far from the scene it's through the window yeah sort of point of view of mandy and red when right, they're, they're getting they're i think they're getting like bags put around their heads
2: they're being they're being tied up and such and
3: he's outside with the people because he's one of them and he gets like sucked the, into sucked the away. fog the black the black skull it, I yeah. think it's black skull people yeah. just and that's yeah. the last you see him it, it's yeah it's a great looking scene it's one of the best horror shots in the in the movie yeah it's it really, it's is really very, remote it's very foggy and right very, i was thinking of michael myers but it's when all but it's all 80s yeah it's very. It,
2: that's that's more of a tribute to 80s yes. horror and it's
3: shot close to the window uh the door in the fog in carpenters the fog it's not in-your-face jump scare. No. It's actually really, really scary. It's yeah. one of those, and he doesn't know what's going on, so he doesn't even really react. It's just like he's he's spirited away in that yeah. uh, in that shot. It's it's a terrific shot. It's a and it's just a small part of the whole movie, and it's just done right. Mm. You're in their posi- You're put in their position of not knowing what the fuck's going on while everything's happening around them. I listen to a lot of old radio, and bad old radio constantly has these things where they're afraid that the audience is gonna forget things. So sometimes they go over much in the direction of having another actor interject or repeat. Mm. It's like that Benny Hill bit that always made me crap when he was doing the fake commercial and- the- sunrise makes everything so lovely and clean. Clean? Yes, it contains lemon juice. Lemon juice? Yes, lemon juice, that's what gives it this nice sparkle. Sparkle? Yes, sparkle, makes everything come up lovely and fresh. Fresh? Yes, fresh. Are you bloody stupid something? Listening to me? What the fuck are you repeating here? You know, it, and it always reminded me in dialogue where characters have to constantly repeat the last words said as if the audience is not paying attention. What Mandy doesn't do is put a bow on everything like that. When that guy disappears, nobody talks about it. You know what I mean? Nobody goes, oh my God, what happened to so-and-so? Or they're taking him. <laughs> or... Nobody no. does that kind of dumb shit. That's going to be in one of the bigger movies where they go basically like, like, you're going to blow the horn. You're going to get them. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I hate them. Scare the shit out of me, man. Remember the last? Yeah. Hold on. I'm going to do it. You know, they yeah. They just go into it. They just go with it. And you're never lost. We now
2: see that that Mandy's bound. Yeah. She's with the mother character, and I, I think it's Lizzie, the younger other cult girl. Right. And. Yeah, we... Now, s- they're
3: in the kitchen of the house. I was a little confused because we didn't see their house so great. Yeah, I, For a minute, I thought that they had kidnapped her and taken her elsewhere. I, I felt the same way, too. Right. It's, yeah. it's a... You know, sometimes there's... When you do uh, not put all those bows on things, you can visually be lost for right. a minute. Because I honestly thought that they were, like, in the camper or in their home. Or, you know, yeah, where they were a motel or whatever the fuck was going on. Because yeah. they showed them in a motel when he was getting the orders out.
2: Mandy's now being told that she's been chosen and she's being abused by the older mother char- character mother and character. she's and the thing is the mother character takes an eye droplet and puts it in her eye. She's being dosed, dosed.
3: She's going to have a trip. But that's not good enough. And we're being dosed too because that eye droplet seems to go on the camera a lot, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. it's like some, it's like the whole it's like they put eye drops in the camera and we're all fucked. But then, yeah,
2: she takes a jar with a giant
3: bug of some sort that's
2: related to the bug in, in Phantasm. Yeah, <laughs> it's like a scorpionish thingish waspy. Wasp. Yeah. Thingy, well, it's a bug, right? And for she, she takes it out and she stings Mandy in the neck because yeah. she says that's the the cherry on top. Yeah. So it's not just yeah. Oh, they're doing drugs. Oh, they have what's that bug? Yeah. That bug's not real. That's not a real bug.
3: Yeah, this is toad licking up to eleven. You know that whole that all that weird shit about if you you grind this or there's a spider that all the stuff you grew up hearing crazy stories about, like you know. But it's more crazy shit that your older brother's doing in the basement with his crazy friends, listening to toll, and uh, you know, and, and smoking the drugs and. But again, what's really interesting about it is that this stuff is crazy, fucking crazy. And being treated, you know, basically just like rolling a joint. Yeah. I mean, they're not leering, g- giggling, evil pulp villains. They're, they're, uh, they're Waterloo, they're, they're mm. come down because they really don't know what they're in for <laughs> yeah. or that anybody will ever say shit to them or do shit to them. They're, right. They're obviously, the thing that was freaking me out because I hate real cultists and I hate real Manson, you know, th- is that they... Not a, be, not a fan. No. No, not a fan. Won't we'll wear the shirt. <laughs> but they're clearly not... They've been clearly doing this. And I'm like, going, how big is this? Especially once they bring the goblins out. You know, right. the, the motor Meaning how
2: weird is the world? Is that
3: what you're saying? Well, part of it is how weird the world and how, but at the same time, None of this seems to be triggering anything like, oh, there's been people missing. None of those usual. No. The circus has come to town. You know what I mean? This is very, this is a, 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 something wicked this way comes. There's no, oh, yeah, you know, there's been waitresses. Well, and- they, they, there is. Well, yes, but that's, it's it's not the way a horror movie is done. You know Right. I mean? Because they're in the Shadow Mountain.
2: Right. And there's.
3: Tunnels and right. shit in the world. Right. The, the world is crazier than the world is crazier than we know, but it's also crazier than they know.
2: Didn't that give you a Stephen King feel? Yes, the cult traveling yes. in the cars. And it's the Lovecraft,
3: and, then, and it's the Lovecraft feel of there's things that we don't know about going on, and it's and and the Bradbury.
1: Asimov, Mr. Clark. Well, what about Ray Bradbury? I'm aware of his work.
3: You know, it, oh, it's, oh, yeah. it's classic. The evil circus has come to town, and then it turns out they've been. <laughs> They're more than an evil circus, and they've been traveling a long time. We were saying the plot is simple, but it's hard to get away from the details because the plot is simple. Mm. There's not a lot of dialogue. This is, there no. was no, there was no kids in a in a haunted house banging into each other and arguing and telling the fuck each other and oh you know let's go upstairs and no. let's play some music. This is so fable-like. They don't tend to elaborate.
2: Well, just, and, and and I
3: feel that makes it feel realer. That's what I loved about it. Well, that's one of the main things I loved about it was the fact that your brain is filling in all the. This is like a, this is like a, a bare bones module for a, a role playing game, and you have to fill in. They're not, they're not doing world building to impress you, but you get the idea that the people making this film knew more about the Black Skull, and knew, but they and they held back, mm. you know.
2: So now we get um, Mandy's brought into the a room where all the cultists are.
3: Yeah, and then we get I think the only like the only like you feel like you've seen it before scene, maybe because the, but cult, it doesn't.
2: I would say it doesn't go the way. It that, doesn't end the way you would expect no, it to.
3: It's not as violent or. Uh, <laughs> let's put it this way: while I was watching this movie, and I have limited experience with his films. All I kept thinking about this movie was, this is the movie Rob Zombie thinks he's making. (laughs) This is the movie Rob Zombie wants to make when he grows up. You know what (laughs) I mean? Because this is a Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie that doesn't feel like you're watching the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. But at its heart it's you know it's all those movies sure, it's about the, the, it's the fucked up family unit. it's units. Manson family it's it, 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 yeah I mean it's thrilling and stupid at the same time but it's aware that it's thrilling and stupid this thing is hardcore crazy it's yeah. really fucked up mm. you know and I just kept thinking to myself every scene here that I'm watching Rob Zombie or somebody like him would have gone for some dude in a clown face <laughs> or, and somebody's a cannibal
2: kind of through Mandy's trippy point of view. Yeah, she's wigging out. Her you know, initiation into the cult. Yeah. Jeremiah and
3: basically him seducing her uh, by hook or by crook and but he also gives her the pitch. Right. He, he gives her the big cult pitch which is embarrassing. Oh, it, but it because I, it's amazing. Those people are embarrassed.
2: Right. He he stands up, he starts talking, he t- he eventually talks about music. Yeah. He goes, "Do you like the
1: Carpenters?" "Do you like the Carpenters?" I think that they're sensational, but
3: this is even better. This is much better than the
2: Carpenters. And we find out, like a lot of these...
3: He's a failed musician jerk-off. Right. Which is hilarious to basically show him as an emperor with no clothes, even though he is incredibly dangerous. Right. I love the fact that he is not a Hannibal... Or a, uh, you know, he's not a leering, giggling uh, villain. He's not a esoteric, brilliant. He's scary
2: in the fact that he's willing to do horrible things.
3: Yes. But he's a coward. He's a coward. He's and a he's manipulative. Kind of he's egotistical. And, and he is stupid. Mm. They put the cap on that later on in the film, which I thought was a really nice touch to not make this. I like the fact that he was, I can't see anybody wanting to be him. No, and you know how I always have this problem with people falling in love with their serial killers and their oh, yeah. and their and their whatnot. Now he is a powerful person, but he's very, very small-minded. He's contemptuous. He has no game plan. Pissed, hes a pissed-off cult jerk who has brought lost people. I mean, the cult is in its way very realistic, mm. uh, except for the, <laughs> the magic, magic weapons the ma- and and, and the, the, the bug, and the, the and the their the super their, their muscle. It feels like they would have gotten themselves into some serious shit, in, even if they weren't in this movie. Well, you hear because about like it's like we're, we're this smart.
2: cult, and there's this biker gang we get our dope from, but the biker gang we get our dope from are monsters from hell, practically. Right. <laughs> you know. Right. Now, a couple of interesting things I think I really like about these: the scene where Mandy's talking with the cult, or the cult leaders initiating. It's her. a super
3: tense scene because you know where it's going to go. Right. And. I mean, it, you're sure. Learning. It's trippy. Yeah, it's
2: it's got all the fucking you know, lot of this and, and, and that. Yeah, which, yeah. and it, it's it. I found it a very interesting turn because I thought Mandy would be strong enough to reject this, but when she rejects him, yeah, it's horrifying.
3: Yeah, I mean, actually, she is, she's scary. Yeah, she is frightening. Those scenes are. It's frightening. hard to tell whether she's her mind's been blown, or. She finds him as absolutely ridiculous as he is, and, and she but at the same time, you want her to stop. You kind of wish you could just like put a clamp, you know, like well,
2: because you but, want her to live. You want her to live, but, yeah. But I think that, that for me, that's where I saw it. But she, seems, she knew she wasn't going to live, and it has something that most films doesn't have. It has full frontal male
3: nudity, right? Which is always and what still it, throws you. And
2: off. what doesn't it have? The only female it nudity in have, that movie is in the
3: animations that yes. we'll talk about. It Also, later. doesn't have a rape scene. We actually
2: don't see mandy brutalized
3: no and it's but it's worse it's It's worse it's a hard they know what they're doing with that one and it's fucking awful and the thing is it's a contrived death but it's one that you can believe these scumbags have come up with over the course it doesn't feel like one of those you know the screenwriters worked really hard on this thing from saw to have (laughs) this reverse bear you know what i mean but it really does feel like a bunch of people who are like in their writers in the writer's office is going, okay, we need new stuff for this next Saw movie. We got it. this feels like something that they have done before, right? And because after Mandy
2: rejects him,
3: he does what
2: we, we now go outside and we see that Red, yeah, all the time that this was going on, his is basically kind of he's been bound by barbed wire and kind of looks like he's being crucified. Cru- he's got, I get a there's, very there's Jesus, a, yeah, there's
3: a real Jesus looking there's a real thing Jesus there, thing. and um and and then we get we get the straw dogs yeah. you know uh, Death Wish finally happens where they kill her right. uh, in front of him in a way that's just awful Like my we, stomach was killing me we don't see her
2: no, which made me wonder if there was going to be a bad twist in the end and I'm glad there wasn't
3: I didn't think that but yeah I mean you see that the, she's moving in there it could have been the big guy but no you know what I mean I, yeah I, I know what you mean the, the movie doesn't play games like that it really doesn't. This is the funny thing about the movie; it doesn't try to trick you. No, horror no. movies now are always trying to trick you. They no. always want to set up a sequel. That's interesting. Yeah. They want to. They want. Yeah. They they have that ending where it turns out you killed her, dude. <laughs> it or was you. I'm your brother. Or, you know, none of this happened. Or the earth has been destroyed and you've right, been right. walking in a daze. Or you're in a sure. hospital and you're on drugs. They don't trick you at all. There's never a ha. What they do is they knock you on your ass with shit. They impress you. But what it is, is they go here. This scene builds to this scene. And then yeah. aren't you surprised about where we are next? And right. wasn't that horrible? It's it's storytelling. She is dragged out in a bag, hung up, and set on, and set on and, fire. Yes, yeah, gasoline is thrown on her, and she's set on fire. And it reminds me a little of Hills of Eyes, because hmm. that's the scariest scene for me when I think it's the, gra- the grandfather is tied to the front oh, geez, of the car. It's been so long, yeah. I think that's the one uh, that happens there. And I mean, you, you know, this has. I mean, here's the funny thing. This does not have a Hills Have Eyes vibe to it to, in the larger sense because all those movies, all those revenge movies are, can you believe regular people can become vicious? I don't know. The Holocaust? <laughs> you know? W- w- the SS? Yeah, I can. Sure. I can believe people can do anything. Uh, and it, it, this doesn't relate to this because what we're going to learn about Nicholas Cage is he's not your, he's not a normal family yeah. person. Right? Right. It's a harrowing scene. I mean, and you do not have I mean, there is some blood because they're torturing him,
2: right? And and well, are they? Do you think they were trying to kill him? I, I don't know because I've, I th- I think so. well, the it's hard to because they it.
3: obviously wanted him to see everything. I they mean, want
2: that he witnesses everything. He sees a bird. and they stab it's, him in it's,
3: the it's, side, which is isn't that the very Jesus. Jesus he, yes, he, yeah. with the tainted blade. Yeah,
2: a, and they stab him, and he's you know instead of a crown of thorns, he has it in his uh, you know the barbed wire. In his which mouth. is like a Japanese death match with and. He's he's like
3: the Mick Foley. I honestly was thinking he's the Mick Foley think, of, of revenge movies because he's not in the best shape. No, and he gets fucked up in every scene, and he just I'm like, this dude is like man. It's like Cactus Jack. He just yeah. keeps coming back. It the, was hilarious. There's
2: um there's a scene when the cultists are leaving his house where yeah. he's watching them, and it's so mundane. Yep. they just get in his car. No, they it's just a, a bunch call, of people. Bup, bup, yep. bup, 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 my wife's been murdered in yep. front of me. The thing that's probably saved me is gone now, yeah. and I'm reborn. Am I reborn the next day? He's not dead. No. He he gets up. He
3: he gets himself out of everything. He gets which looks painful, very yeah.
2: painful. We see um, ashes of Mandy, that and
3: she literally terrible blows away. Yeah, it's really her skull collapses, and it just blows yeah. away. And it's black, and it's just nasty. And then it gets. Then the movie. You almost feel like... Well, the movie is done in three chapters. They the, actually show a title card. Which have fonts and everything that really beautiful. makes you
2: feel like the books we read you're in look, the game. Yeah,
3: you're really thinking of the third chapter, Mandy, which I think... Is yes. that when he goes in the house? Does it start there or does it start? Yes, there? I believe that's Mandy. That's pure black metal. Oh, yeah, that's It's what, got a font that you can't oh, yeah. understand. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. But it is... When a movie is more thrilling, when it shifts to... Like, I remember as a kid... When I went to see, when I saw uh, uh, The Legend of Hell House, and I remember for the rest of my life how scared the audience was just when it would say Wednesday, nine, yeah, you know? yeah, And that still works on a lot of movies. When you know you're getting to Halloween, and then they go, now, nah. or they just go, you know, 10 minutes from Halloween. you know, And then you know you're into a movie when the fucking title cards make you feel good get right. you excited yeah because we get we get the shadow mountains
2: as the beginning i think the second one is the cult which is children of the new dawn right they're stupid
3: and it's just like i don't know how to put this i'm totally it's a total nerd out i'm just like this right is perfect right because th- because it, it feels exciting reading... it was like reading an old D D module it was like to me
2: i think of all those crazy horror fantasy sci-fi books the tor books she reads the author i think she reads is tor his oh, really? T-O-R. I did not catch that. And, right, yeah, yeah. And, and the thing old is Old
3: Del Rey that, fantasy, old... Yeah, it just... Heavy was, metal magazine, which is like, I can't... They wouldn't let well, we me look that, at the fucking thing. Yes.
2: He gets himself up. Her, she blows away. He goes in the house and he sees a
3: commercial. This is the only scene in the movie that doesn't fit for me. But and I, I read about but it. But I still liked it. Another guy made it for well, him. Well, I'll... But it's the cheese goblin? It's the... It's the yeah. Now, it worked for me. I knew what they were saying. I actually thought that there was something amazingly thrilling about... I was feeling really bummed because you knew Mandy was... At this point, you knew Mandy was dead. Right. And then you actually fucking watch her literally disintegrate after mm. she has been horribly murdered in front of I mean it's it does everything it's supposed to do you feel you, know, you feel horrible you want them to die I wanted this bunch to go <laughs> real fucking like I mean they, you think it's easy to make people hate the villains but then you watch a movie like this and you go you hate these fuckers. Oh, they're
2: scumbags. You yeah.
3: hate them. You are, you just hate the sight of them. I hated the, the their cast well. Oh. They're obnoxious. They actually do have one leering laughing one, but they don't overdo it. And I fucking hate him too. <laughs> I hate the tough guy. <laughs> I, hate, I just hate them. I thought it was... I don't like to say brave, but I thought it was a bold script choice to actually deal with the aftermath immediately after mm. rather than going... Because that's difficult shit to deal with. You can really pull a movie off the rails. Uh,
2: according to what I read, because I wanted to read about it, Yeah. Uh, the director planned on licensing a classic 80s a real, commercial.
3: Right, which makes sense.
2: And when they were thinking about doing it, this got talked about, and they said, fuck it, let's do this. Like because the, he wanted to show the banality of life and the tragedy. That's exactly
3: what I got out of it, except the commercial's too good. <laughs> the commercial's too funny. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes. I think this is the only place in the movie where I felt they overplayed their hand. Because of two things. One, everybody knows it's not a real commercial and it takes you out of it. This is nitpicking. Two, the commercial's too fucking funny. Cheddar
1: Goblin! Did you leave all the macaroni and cheese? Nothing's better than cheddar. Cheddar
0: Goblin!
1: Devane has 60% more cheese than the next
3: leading brand. Kids and goblins agree. The goblin throwing up a cheese. It's what, Cheese Goblin? This is going to be funko's. looks, it look, Yes, it looks... No, I'm serious. It's going to be a Funko? Yeah, I got the I'm picture here. I'm buying that. <laughs> I'm buying that. I knew that they were making a Mandy Funko, but I did not see the Cheese Goblin. The it's kids, the Cheddar Goblin. Yeah. The Cheddar Goblin. Yeah. It's just obvious that it's not real. They, right. and they Obviously, they didn't give a fuck. Because once the goblin starts throwing cheese up on the kids' heads, yeah. it released a little too much tension for me. Yeah. I was laughing my ass up. I yeah. was like, wow, this is really cool. So It
2: turns out they And he I, loved the ghoulies, the director. Okay. So this this <gasps> the is a ghoulies. Is terrible. He <laughs> couldn't get the ghoulies? Like, like, look, I you know, it's wait, like wait, how would one get the ghoulies? Does one
3: who's the agent for the I ghoulies think- now? I doubt it. The, the guy, the guy who owns the critters. I don't think they, the Spookies. Re- they don't. It's <laughs> the guy representation. I'm not going to compare it all to because Mandy's really, really good, bubble, and successful. But it's, it's like when, um, in the uh, when we did the Eltingville pilot, and I realized that, uh, in the in the Eltingville comic, when he gets ripped, when when Josh gets ripped off buying the sexy sirens of science fiction or whatever it's called, and it's going to have Tasha Yarnate... it's going to have all the people who are on like. You know, those weird mixtapes people would make where it's all the nude scenes <laughs> from uh, moving Mr. Skin, the site, something like, I don't remember that, but it would be like, you know, well, Denise, whatever his face, Rich, uh, she's naked, Cos- in oh, naked in The Hitchhiker, everybody's naked in The Hitchhiker, I show. guess. So they would you'd see these at conventions, and I obviously couldn't show anybody naked or get a hold of these tapes, but when we did it for the pilot, I had access to Hanna Barbera's library, so I thought, what's the stupidest? You know, what would be the stupidest thing to show he got rook. and I had the hair bear bunch? Because it's just a terrible... So, I mean, I kind of... It's not the same exact thing, but it was... The idea that it was real, I thought, worked. And I think that if they went for something real, it would have worked better, personally. But at the same time, now yeah, we're, yeah, we're ch- going to have a cheddar goblin <laughs> toy on my <laughs> shelf because I'm totally getting that. It's fucking really funny. Right. I mean, I'm sitting there literally going, this is... The world after you lose a loved one, and yeah. the commercials keep going, and yeah. Don Dohler's movie is still going to on yeah. and this dumb podcast is going to be here when we're dead, and it's just—it really, yeah, did the trick.
2: And then he goes into the bathroom, which is this amazing shot, terrific scene. It's 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 so one take, very if I very Kubrick. Yeah, yeah I, I think... one
3: take, and it just works. And it's terrifically,
2: and it's him grieving. He finds his bottle.
3: We talked about it. He and sleeping. he looks like shit because he's had his yeah. pants ripped. I think he's in his he's in his tidy white underwear he's got his, he's got I think his, his, his socks t- might be on i mean he looks like hell he's got his tiger
2: shirt on right right he's and he's bloody as shit. he's because he's been you know tied with and Bob he's Breyer. not saying
3: and he's not doing charles bronson he's no. not doing he starts drinking he from looked, the bottom and yeah, screaming. He, steal, he gets the bottle out and it's a, like a good feels like it's five minutes it's probably three minutes two yeah. minutes
2: of him screaming and crying and freaking out and pouring and stuff pouring on his it,
3: his, he drinks almost this entire bottle i hope he's not method acting really drinking <laughs> vodka or or because it was pain painful to see how much he was chugging then he's pouring it on his wounds oh. and it and that hurts him and it's all done in one take, and it looks th- and it doesn't think go.
2: The director was on camera. I, I vaguely yeah. remember a story where they didn't know what he was going to do, and there's a scene that, where he, the the camera almost pulls back it, out of to stop.
3: Yeah, out of wow, front of
2: that's great. I'm
3: going to watch it when I watch it again. I'm going to look for that. Well, I want to read up on this, but I did not want to overdo it. I, I only wanted to read a little bit because I really was taken with this, and also I ended up just jumping into Beyond the Black uh, Rainbow because i was excited to (laughs) see another movie and it was complete opposite it was interesting to watch it in in terms of this i think it only it took him like seven years to get this made after that which is weird yeah i mean it's not weird to be honest if i saw that movie i might not have given him money either if i was uh, i forget the actor who helped back this well oh, that's what I read. Uh, 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 uh it's Elijah Elijah Wood. Elijah Wood apparently got them to talk cuz he didn't want the director did not want Nicolas Cage for the for the hero. And Nicolas Cage was like I, I think I'd rather pl- I want to play the good guy not the, the one cuz you can you imagine if they let him Nicolas Cage up the cult, it really could have fucking destroyed the mm. movie. Mm. If he did the, if he did his usual his yes, face off Thing. Well, it works in face-off because that movie is so stupid. I love face-off. I like face-off a lot. But I mean, it's face-off. Right. I mean, oh, this movie's not realistic. They took John Travolta's face and put it on. And it's it, it's good, okay? Yeah. Shut up. Yeah. Plus, they both do a good job of acting like the other person, I gotta say. And I don't like Travolta either. No. But So yeah, I like a few Cage movies. So there you go. But after this... I'm good with Nicolas Cage for the rest of my life. I really am. And he does improvise. I think a few things in the movie, but right. not a ton. Not right. everything. There's no dialogue to improvise. Well, but the, that, that scene. Our you, heavy. Our
2: heaviest dialogue comes next,
3: which is, Bill he, fucking Duke. Okay, I haven't even looked at my notes because this. I I took very few notes. Bill Duke, baby. That's He's what I wrote. Bill Duke. He's. I didn't think that scene was going to go longer. It really looked like Bill Duke was just going to be Rob, you know, Robbie Benson sitting behind the desk in one of those Italian post-Nuke <laughs> movies. And I was like, oh man, so Bill Duke's not going to be in this movie much. It feels like the scene's going to end and it doesn't and you're so happy it doesn't because Bill Duke's eyes can hold the fucking camera better than most. Right. I mean, I'm riveted. I love Bill Duke. I mean, oh, it's Bill fucking, exactly you said. Bill Duke. Bill Duke, when I saw him, I didn't know he was in the movie. And and he's the only other character in this movie that I know. I know as an actor, and I was just like, "Oh my God, Bill Duke! What's he gonna do?" And I almost—you know—you're into a movie when you forget that there's supposed to be somebody you really like coming into it. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because you're going, "Hey, when does so and so show up? I can't wait for when does Dick Miller show up?" You know, (laughs) and and Bill Duke shows up, and that scene is such. That is such a scene that most people would make annoying, or they'd be so. In, this is their heat scene. Well, yeah, this is their scene with the two guys. Get what go.
2: happens is Nick Cage is now on his uh, quest for for revenge. Yeah, this
3: movie now becomes a schlubby Conan movie. Uh, <laughs> it's, it becomes a, an epic revenge movie. It becomes Nicolas Cage's movie. The movie doesn't change, but the movie actually becomes more solid as a movie. It becomes more of a movie. Well, it, it, in some ways, I feel like it it's almost a different movie. You have, you it, have, you it's have, the third chapter. Yeah, it's balls to the wall. It's, it does, it is not like the rest of the movie. No. It completely moves. It does not fuck around. And this is I'm not saying the rest, fuck, but I mean, no. it is. It and this is. is where you get more. things is. where Nick Cage is Nick Cage. Yes, which it's works more, most of the time. It's a more straightforward movie, but it is still crazy. Yeah, I think. Doesn't he fall asleep? In between those, doesn't he have his first dream? Right of before, Mandy? before,
2: yeah, before he goes to meet with Bill Duke, I think he has his first dream, and now he is dreaming a cartoon that looks like heavy metal very,
3: very heavy metal. Like it's and it's it looks like it was done two dimensional, it's straight cell looking animation. It does not look like C- right. it could be CGI, but it's it is not three dimensional, it's right. a two dimensional retro looking right super full of things that guys would get tattooed on themselves or girl or, or, whoever. Or, or painted on their van yeah it, it really just looks like hesher heaven yeah and it's and, and you're seeing mandy as a gorgon i think in and, several of these
2: well what i got from it was that we're seeing things that are she's kind of mentioned from the book she's mm-hmm. reading or yeah. certain things and we see a kind of we see a nude mandy yeah and i don't believe mandy has her scar in his dreams
3: That's an interesting... I I, I wouldn't know, yeah. I I was too busy going, holy shit, there's a cartoon in the movie. I I love that. I can't say I exactly know what they exactly mean to the character. I don't know if it's a weird emotional visualization. I don't know if it's just a cool thing the director wanted to do because he likes heavy metal. But it fits in perfectly with their relationship and with their characters.
2: And the the tone of the movie and, and...
3: I don't remember seeing anything in it that just went, oh, I get what they're going for here, or I get, I mean, I get what they're going for aesthetically. I don't know if there was a deep meaning there or an allegory right. I, other than... I've been
2: watching um, Boonwall films lately. Boonwell? Yeah, Bunuel. yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. yeah. I have not, I, and, it's and someone and I'm aware of from reading but not from watching. So now I kind of
2: go, ah, whatever. It's whatever they wanted. I'm well, not going to, no, yeah, I'm not going to, I'm not going to drive myself crazy hoping yeah. that I could find yeah. meaning. Well, to
3: me, it's like with David Lynch, you know, I'm like, I don't know what the fuck this means, and he doesn't want to explain it. It's very possible that doesn't mean shit. shit. Yeah, he just had a cool idea that stuck. I don't know what this, is, but right. Robert Blake's doing on there. So we're, phone, so, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. I don't know why you're hiring Robert Blake in the first place. He's crazy. So what? Yeah.
2: So Bill Duke and uh, Bill Nicolas Duke Cage is, his,
3: is like his. Is it a mentor or an ex partner? We don't did know. Did they? Were they? Were so they this, in the army together? This is where they... you find out that not only is Nicholas Cage a recovering alcoholic, he's a recovering murderer mercenary or um uh, uh gun enthusiast well he he's looking but for there's his... things he, well actually no he has he is much more than that because of the fact that he knows how to forge weapons <laughs> well he
2: he is given uh, he's talking he, to
3: bill, le- he, he goes to bill duke and
2: he wants his crossbow yeah though, like the
3: reaper bill duke's not him. happy to see him
2: no as i never thought i'd see you again yeah
3: he's actually kind of like go the fuck he's he's not obnoxious about it but he really is not welcoming him they don't get close to one another in those scenes. They stay at right. a distance. And the, but he left a crossbow with him, right? As, and I, I always which, think, as this, you do.
2: Well, I always think is like it's like. Well, I used to drink a lot. Let me get rid of the crossbow. Let me get rid of the booze. Let me get. Well, he like, sold them. Or, but then you
3: start to realize very quickly that these aren't just shit he collected. Like a lot of the movie, they start inferring to a larger right. history, a larger world, and violence in their background.
2: Right yeah. and uh, and Bill Duke is there for some exposition, but because it's Bill Duke, it's and then it's, when they do it, it's riveting. It. So we have an it's exchange, and, and you
3: believe it completely. You feel <sighs> like it, that Bill Duke is telling you something he just read in a newspaper, not well, in a script. Nicholas it's so Cage
2: good. is is, is Nicholas with... Cage never goes.
0: <laughs> You're
3: <laughs> shitting <laughs> me. Because
2: because Nicholas Cage just says what's happened with Mandy, and he's describing it, and Bill Duke goes, "Oh, those are the black skulls."
0: Yeah. There, there was a muscle. It didn't make any sense. There were bikers and gnarly psychos. And... It's crazy evil. Black skulls.
2: They are this whole couriers scene. of an LSD drug manufacturer who he didn't like. Yeah. He
3: brewed a bad batch for them. So he gave them some bad shit that mutated them. And made them monsters. <laughs> yeah.
2: Which, and that's the stuff that Jeremiah was giving them in the beginning. Yes. That's what he was complaining because it costs so much. Yeah.
3: So we have drugged up biker gang Cenobite monsters. And that's the craziest, most commercial part of this movie... And they don't exploit it the way you think they would.
2: No, he he just he says it, and and his there's, there's and a great line where he goes, you know, he's like, well, uh, Nicholas Cage, he's he, like, you're probably not going to come out of this alive. And it's like, huh, don't be negative.
0: What you're hunting is rabid animals, and you should go in knowing that your odds ain't that good, and you will probably die. Don't be negative.
3: Yeah, there's some good some good lines coming out, and they 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 don't. Um, highlight them the way that they don't make them uh, Freddy Krueger or uh, Mister Freeze yeah. kind of lines. He just kind of tosses the shit and, off and, and because he's agreeing with him. And then Bill, as he
2: says these things, Bill Duke has the best. the The scene ends where Bill Duke is saying, "You know, these guys they they were fucked up and they were in pain. Yeah, and you know the freakiest part
0: when I seen them things, they were in a world of pain." But you know what the freakiest part was? What's that? They fucking loved it. They
2: fucking loved it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. now Nicolas Cage is on a quest to find.
3: Nicolas discuss. Cage is then in a phantasm car scene. It's beautiful. But <sighs> it's He's, beautiful. He is in his car. They've got a, a, a warped angle lens or something like that. The, and he's driving down Hell's Highway even though there's no flame. And it's fucking the best. It's, it's the like the best got... way heavy metal makes you feel, you know, where it's just, yeah, I think this is kind of nuts and kind of dumb, but I am 100% here for this shit.
2: Yeah, he's in the crazy magic mountains. That's the yeah. way I felt.
3: The movie has pushed through the veil and taken him with it and the audience. You are now in Anything Goes Land. You are not going to see a 7-Eleven. You are not going to see a Wawa. You're not going to see a motel room. He's in hell. Yeah. Yeah. And it's lit that way. It's it's beautifully. Oh. Those scenes are amazing. They're just, they are just born to be wild. You know right. what I mean? They're just heavy metal thunder. I mean, I was nodding my head yeah. through a lot of those scenes and I found, I'm going, this is what it feels like to be at a concert. Or to be reading a book when you're a kid that just absolutely yeah, It draws you in. It completely. just it draws you in and you buy into the nonsense. It's you buy into the conceits. I mean, they literally just gave you a well, you said it before. full-on you can... explanation for the monsters. But you but... And you're you're good. Right. And you you
2: said before you can't wait for him to kill these fucking people.
3: Oh my god! And, the and then is, what's the
2: next scene? He so so the next scene he fucks up right off the bat. Well, the interesting which thing was is, great because he uh, doesn't know what he's dealing with. The way it's the way I it's edited, we don't know how long.
3: No, it's going on, but we see some of those drives you get the idea that you you almost feel like he could be going to Antarctica. Right. He, it's, Sometimes it's it months, feels like it he's years? just going over to the next county. B- but
2: Bill Duke has said that there have been rumors
3: yes. of these guys. There's been killings yeah. and there's been this. It's actually on terri- the highway. It's actually so, terrifying because it to me it was like this is urban legend meets uh folk horror right right i i felt like almost this was a new I mean it wasn't new. it reminded me of like joe lansdale it mm. reminded me of stephen uh graham jones it reminded me of mm-hmm. modern horror writing where hipper writers who have seen some shit and read some shit and maybe rolled some 20-sided dice and stuff like that and love all of that kind of stuff and they mush it, they mush mm. Universal Horror and Werewolves with modern kids. I mean, it, just, it just felt fresh, mm. you know? I oh, mean, yeah. it just, it felt because it was done on film in a way that you hadn't seen before. But I, it reminded me of books and novels. Yes. Thrilling books and novels where they mash up crazy shit and you almost feel like, well, they can't make a movie out of it. You know, but like Lansdale that I do like where he takes Western tropes and nonchalantly throws in vampirism and zombies and witchcraft and kind of like, like it's manly Wade Wellman on drugs or something like that. It just feels hip without feeling hipster. uh, If that makes any fucking sense. But I mean, it's thrilling. That's right. He makes his weapon before he leaves. Well, yeah, we should. We Which should, is actually, in some ways, the most insane part. Right. Of the world. So, <laughs> so it just cuts to he just to, does he's the D D and D forge and right. he's
2: forging. And and do you know what that is?
3: I forget. I read what it was. It is. So.
2: It is essentially uh, based after the. F- the F in in uh, Celtic Frost's
3: right, logo. Right. So he, which makes is the this most all metal, metal thing. That, yeah, it's ridiculous. It's, ridic- it's wonderful. It, he, he basically makes his D and D weapon. Right. His his you know he rolls an eighteen on right. on 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 uh, metallurgy, <laughs> and he goes here. I've drawn what I'm going to be using as a weapon. And instead of saying that makes no sense and it's going to not balance right, everybody at the table goes fuck yeah. Right. <laughs> and you say fuck yeah for the rest of this movie. Basically.
2: And then I go, oh my God, now I feel like he's Ash. He's, he's very yeah, Ash.
3: A, like, a, not, a, yeah. not in an imitation no, sense. No, no, no. But there are, uh, I, I remember listening to Bruce Campbell. He gets the shit kicked out of him and covered in blood and for the rest of Bruce, this movie, Bruce yeah.
2: Campbell talks about how when they were making the Evil Dead films, it was rare in the age of the final girl to have a, 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 a male... Yes. Sure. protagonist going through fighting these monsters it still it is the, yeah and it's almost by
3: association it's not like he's imitating that no but oh he has no. a but crazy but at this point you can believe anything's in here you yeah. can believe this if this guy says yeah i saw a dead kennedy show here and a guy got his face broken open and i saw the cramps thing here and then i saw a Megadeth, and then there was this and then there was an iron maiden thing about the prisoner i could believe anything ended up in this movie you can I can believe anybody can see any movie practically from the seventies yeah. and eighties and so, I mean I thought he looked like Ash at the end in the car. Oh. Uh, I thought that um, while he's going out, all I'm thinking of is Conan, the Conan movie. I'm thinking of uh, Excalibur, mm. the scene where they all play Wagner and they get on their horses to go out for the final battle. I mean, this is just right, fucking so- crazy final battle shit. Usually, when I watch a horror movie or any kind of, and, and I'm and I keep seeing other. Movies, I'm annoyed because it seems forced and it seems obvious.
2: So Nicholas Cage is laying in wait. We find he's he's waiting on a highway. We don't know how much time has passed. He's got a crossbow,
3: right? And he after he does this big epic, I'm going somewhere. Yeah. He we we
2: hear one of the black skulls, is which approaching. is approaching.
3: I was really surprised that he went after the monsters first because I think because that's what he knows first. Yeah, because
2: these scenes lead. Sure. Directly into no. He's
3: it. he's now on his quest. Right. He's, he's going to be picking up information and going from Alice in Wonderland place to place yeah. as he goes on his journey deeper into crazy. But I also thought that man, you know, go pick off one of the jerk offs because these guys are scary.
2: <laughs> so yeah, he so he shoots one of these guys on his trike or something. It's a great scene. He f-
3: guy gets off it. He totally gets his ass kicked.
2: Right. So. Nicolas Cage comes down and he's like Doesn't he get in the car? Does he drive into him or something? Crazy what the fuck happens Yeah, there? What,
3: what what happens is he's uh trying to remember, but he it's it's the scene does not go the way you think it's yeah, go. he, he, You think he's gonna Rambo, because you think it'll Rambo too because of the crossbow. You think he's gonna just put one in this guy's neck and right. Put him The down. guy
2: gets out. The guy's the guy is not dead, and he drives into him, but he flips. He does his phantasm car flip. That and scene that,
3: is fucking amazing.
2: He flips and there's a... He hits cut, the guy. He right? doesn't even hit the
3: motorcycle. The guy he bounces off But
2: there's of. this scene when this is going on where one of the other Black Skull members hears something. Yeah. And there's just a cut and he turns and it's just
3: terrifying. It's very Carpenter, very fantastic. It's just... They're alluding to so much more going on. They're refraining... Considering that this movie is, is long... Is a long movie and a slow movie and and it's a burn it, it's not trying to impress you right off the bat or there's no kill at the beginning there's no crazy gore savini shot at the beginning or or crazy backstory even you really feel like a lot of other filmmakers would be like well i gotta put all my notes in i gotta show how the black skulls are made, and I've got to show black skulls killing people left and right. So
2: Nicolas Cage is all fucked up. They're full on monsters. And (laughs) one of the the monsters comes up, and we cut, and Nicolas Cage is now imprisoned by
3: them. He is in the worst fucking jerk-off house. He's in this house of... That's what's also insane, that these guys live like... You almost expect them to have throne. And they live like filthy, drug addict, meth head house... They're mutated humans. They still act right. like humans.
2: They're in an it looks like they're in an apartment house that's it's not a, made or old or whatever. They've done
3: something to the joint because there's a pit right. and so, there's chains but there, there's also a TV and a regular fucking uh, podunk kitchen and there's drugs everywhere and food everywhere and beer. Yeah. And one of the black skulls is sitting on a couch watching porno. Right. With some with you a know, big
2: Spiky, erected, cod piece.
3: Mm, yeah. Penis. And I think thing. it's the the female Cenobite black skull biker who is sitting at a desk doing something, whatever, and watching over him and smacks him around a little bit. He's handcuffed or he's tied handcuffed to a pole, and, and to a, to a, to a, a, a pipe. pipe. And one of his hands, there's a nail through it. Yeah. Another Jesus. Yeah, thing, he's I all jesus there. Because the, the, the fucking thing that's creepy is that I'm watching this thing, and this movie is. Absolutely, science fiction, fantasy, horror, uh, and part, but part of me is going, yeah, I could see this happening. <laughs> I could see, th- you know what I mean? I could see this, this going on outside Oregon, you know, somewhere in Oregon, you know, uh, you know, Florida, parts of Jersey, upstate New York. I'm like, uh, sure, why can't there be, you know, a, a drug, a drug house? The with... Pine
2: Barrens? Could this happen in the Pine Barrens?
3: No, because the Jersey Devil won't settle for That's that right. shit. But yeah, this is like just absolute filthy, dirty. Worst fucking roommates, you know. So yeah, so he he Pete Dolan wouldn't live there. He, he yeah. <laughs> this is also where you see the black skull creatures up close and you still can't quite yeah, you have to freeze the screen to be able to do a good like drawing. Aliens. Yeah, it's they're... really yeah, it's it's just really I mean it's like the S and M bondage Renaissance Fair LARPing but Yeager. using real, they do not piece spawn their weapons yeah. and, and and you kind of wonder what the fuck they do all day but they are drug addicts.
0: Yeah.
3: Well, he, he, he escapes, he kills two of them. He, yeah, he knocks the, uh, he, he, first it's, he dispatches the the female one in a pit. There's a pit, which is kind of scary. Right. Why the fuck do they have a pit? And then, don't want to, then gets into a very nasty fight with this horror genre. And he's watching what, real 80s porno. Watching real 80s porno and the Buck place Buck Adams, sting, I think? Oh, I wouldn't, I don't the and place sinks to high heaven, it's loud as shit, and he's. They have respiratory issues, these creatures. <laughs> yeah, but they need he, a HEPA filter. He also is completely aware that Nick Cage is right behind him. And he. And, in, in, in Michael Myers fashion, and beats the fuck out of him.
2: When Nicolas Cage kills him, blood pours on his
3: face, and he is. He really. Screaming. He and loves. The director does this a couple of times in the movie. After this, he loves to have blood pouring out like somebody tapped a tap keg out of yeah. somebody, and it's it is such a horror movie conceit. It's just one of these things like the sphere, or Michael Myers can keep getting up that you just go, "This is like you're laughing and you're and it's creepy at the same time because more blood comes out of this thing than it feels, yeah. you know yeah. it's like yeah, it's a very Italian oh yeah but it doesn't pour it. Gushes. It's like it's like he opened a wound from him from shoulder to shoulder, and somebody squeezed. It's it was really a great moment. I loved it. And and Cage is taking it like oh yeah, Ash yeah. And, it's a total Evil Dead two moment. He gets up and he's investigating
2: this place. It's fucking filthy. He goes yeah. into the kitchen. Stevie says, "Is this how Brian and Paul lived together when they were oh, when they were roomies?
3: This is how uh, Tom and." Uh, <laughs> Tom Morrissey and Richie Petrull <laughs> when Richie had the, 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 potato, the potato chips, the chips draw. in a drawer. <laughs> Just a drawer of potato. Not potato chips in a drawer. A drawer of potato chips. Oh, There's a difference. I love this There's that no bag involved. Well, you cut out check- the middleman. Yeah. The, so so Nick... It was really the, one of the worst horror houses ever.
2: And this is... I, I think this is a great bit of business. Nicolas Cage comes across one of the jaws of the super LSD whatever it is. And he... I think it's all
3: powdery, this well, stuff that he finds, well, or it's, coke. It's, well, remember.
2: no, he does take a... He, he does takes, take he coke. Does, he
3: does a bunch of coke. But yeah. then
2: he opens the jar and he dips yeah, a finger right, in. Right, now, right. these guys gulp this. Yeah. He dips yeah. a finger in and he... It's a great scene. Totally fucking...
3: Yeah. Trips out. He trips out and he digs it. Yeah. He loves it too. And he sees a tower, like a radio tower. Yeah. He sees a vision. Yeah, he has visions... He gets information he needs later in the in the in the module. Right, but for, but I I actually it's a great bit of business it, because he's doing something that a hero is not supposed to be doing. You know what I mean? Using the same, you're yeah. not supposed to use the black magic. Right. He escapes that house and gets himself drugged off after, and he gets a sign of a tower.
2: Right. It, there's like a radio tower, and he now is. We now see him driving, driving, and he sees this tower. Yeah.
3: And now we meet the chemist, which is a, a scene that I was not expecting at all, and. Ended up really liking. it. I love it. I was expecting revenge stuff. The Guy, chemist has a sort of like lab in the middle of the desert or right. something like. And, and he's some high tech shit going on. And he's got animals in cages. Right. And he's
2: making blotter acid without gloves on. He's dipping his it's, hands and in. He's and he's his... obviously
3: some super weird dude who made the skulls. And yet, so I'm expecting this thing to go down with gunfire. Well, he,
2: in the beginning, he he goes to reach for a gun and he puts it down.
3: Which was really interesting. Yeah. He, he can tell that he knows that Cage is coming. He goes for the gun and I'm like, okay, this is going to be that scene in those movies. You know, those yeah. 90s movies. Yeah. It totally doesn't go that way. Either. No, no. he's he, totally metaphysical he has, a, he has a He communicates with Cage, but Cage doesn't say Cage he doesn't say anything. He's reading his mind and Cage is... Thinking stuff that doesn't isn't super important to the plot. Yeah, he, he goes, You're right. He says something like, You're right. And it turns out Cage is thinking that he should not have the tiger. Right, because we
2: see that this guy who's licking his fingers they have to make an acid also has a tiger in a cage. Yeah.
3: It's totally a James Bond scene almost. But he goes, You're right. You're right. And he lets the tiger and he go. Lets the and tiger Cage go. is not even moved really. No, he's just looking at him. I'm thinking the way it's played, it really kind of felt like Cage was mind-controlling him almost. But they were just no, having a conversation. they were just having a conversation. This guy's, well, they've both done the drug, so they're both in tune. But it's funny that they don't have them doing voiceovers while they're looking at each other, which could have been a choice. Yeah. Might have been a real, yeah. but this was great because it just throws you right, yeah, the and expectations so, dashed completely. So
2: now the chemist goes, he goes, oh man, they did you wrong.
1: Oh man, they wronged you.
3: Why they gotta be like that? Yes, they did you wrong. Yes, man. I love that. They shouldn't have done that. Well, you've already been told that the chemist hated the skulls. The chemist had a problem with. The he skulls. didn't create them to make them. He fucked them over. So the chemist has an ethics map. He's not just this crazy, He's not evil, evil drug guy dude who you're yeah. expecting him to right. mow everyone down on, on on the road to revenge. Uh, but it's really funny because I didn't know he was looking for the chemist. I really didn't quite.
2: I think he has that vision of the tower, yeah, the radio tower, yeah. and then
3: when he sees it, he knows. And that the chemist—you like... don't even know what the chemist is called, really, until the end of the, until the credits. I didn't know he was called the chemist. You know right? I, mean, I just—he's he's just—he's yeah, he's just, ch- just this mythic fucking weird right. dude out there. It's because Jodorowsky he, fucking. Crazy. And he's
2: looking at Nicholas Cage, and he goes, "Wow, there's like a, a, a deep abyss of whatever yes. is evil in you."
1: You exude a cosmic darkness. <laughs>
2: They show worms on yeah, his feet. It's, it's, and... just,
3: it's a crazy, crazy psychedelic scene. And I usually hate psychedelic stuff because it's, it can be so lazy. But all of this stuff worked for me.
2: You know it isn't all bullshit, again, because the chemist goes, and he, I think he kind of looks up and he goes north.
3: Yeah. That's just, where the cultists are. Yeah. The last hour of this movie, I mean, I was tense during the middle. But the last hour, I'm super, super tense because Cage has already almost gotten fucked. He's gotten fucked up. You, he doesn't know what he's doing, and he is our hero. And you don't, you know, he's going to keep going. But I'm, you know, you don't expect him to live through this. Yeah, not yeah. once. Yeah. yeah, not once. Um, you know, I mean, you just, you, you, just expect this to be John Woo. Yeah. At the end, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's just going to, be, you know. Yeah, I'm expecting the worst, you know. Uh, it just feels like everything's tense. I'm just waiting for the next crazy, the next whatever. And yeah, he says north. It's a great little scene. And, and it's he goes, just a great little scene. And
2: he goes now we see Nicolas Cage. He's looking, he's re- He doesn't kill him. the guy or anything no, like that either. No, I was, just, you know, you... yeah, he walks out and we and we now see this incredibly weird-looking in a kind of valley
3: little Building that looks like a church. Yeah. it's very weird. It's culty, right? It's sort of ancient-looking, right? But it doesn't read as Mayan. It doesn't read as Aztec. It doesn't read as Celtic. Right. It doesn't. It. it I, I don't know what it is. Right. It's just a hippie hangout, maybe. Yeah. I mean, and then, but you start seeing you see w- where to go, and then it's weird because the rest of the mo- the rest of the movie takes place in real locations, but you're not on solid ground as to geographically what the fuck's going. Yeah. Like where are we? Yeah. Have we is are we in Narnia are we on earth still there's cars and there's trees and, and there's, there's fires. highways <laughs> and there's fires but you not you you don't see road signs you don't see and you almost don't it's almost like the, the little prince or something like that yeah. you just, it's just <laughs> That's interesting. you know what I mean it's just like yeah. here's the next person I'm running into yeah. just, wait a minute we missed a scene. That amazing fight between the last Cenobite. Oh, right. He fights. He loses his car, I think, over that one. When, something when, crazy When happens. he leaves... That the, fight's insane. When
2: he leaves the house...
3: Right. Uh, the third.
2: The, yeah, there's a Cenobite. He shoots him in the neck, and he just takes it out of his neck. Yeah. And then they... There
3: is a blood and thunder... Yeah. D and D fight between the two of them. That's just beautifully shot against this burning car. It's just really that's just a really well done. Yeah, that might be my favorite fight in the movie. Okay, I mean it's not fight crazy. There's only like three extended fights because some of them he's just hunting people down. But he fights. There's the the apartment fight, the fight with the third Black Skull, and then the fight with the buff dude. The members of the cult. There's a reason they need those (laughs) of the Black Skull. They're mostly just jerk-offs, you know what I mean? They're just people. This isn't one of those movies where everybody just picks up a sword or something and just starts getting into it. Only one person in the cult can fight. Yes. Yeah, so, so yeah, so he there was, there was that fight. It was like the you know, the boss fight on that one, which was really cool. Right. Then he goes to the chemist. And then he starts picking off the The cultist. You know, your your your, your Yes. Yeah. yeah. The scumbags. I was just right. I was like, what am I trying to make? No, the scumbags. Yeah. And I think he gets the, the leering hairy window dude gets the 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 thing thrown in his
2: yeah it's when he meets the the buff cult guy yeah that it becomes motel hell motel hell
3: phantasm two with uh, the joke with he yeah, they actually do the phantasm two joke texas I've got a, yeah yeah texas chainsaw massacre two it's yeah two guys yeah, fight yeah. with chainsaws yeah. one
2: one of them's nicolas cage gets one it's small the guy. Pulls out one. It's huge. It's
3: ridiculous. Do they really have chainsaws like that? Because they <laughs> look like they'd be... Yeah, so they fight useless. each other. He kills him. I think, yeah, he... Uh, he
2: pulls him down onto,
3: onto a chainsaw. The chainsaw yeah. and, and then there's a, a... Goes for a total glug, glug, glug. He's yeah. on it and shaking and yeah. bloods everywhere. I,
2: I forget the, the exact time, but he, he comes across Brother Swan and the young girl yeah. in a car. And... Brother Swan just tries to tell him to relax.
3: He grime a worm tongue,s and he just gets it. <laughs> yeah, he, and... he he just kills him, but he lets the girl. He go. lets the girl go because um, she's. It's pretty obvious she's. Well, yeah, there's a
2: scene early we didn't talk about where she's Jeremiah not... makes her play Russian roulette. Yeah, to show I her mean, devotion. She's
3: clearly the beaten down, abused, lost girl. And uh, I, but I'll tell you, I wasn't sure whether he was going to let her go or not. Yeah. That's that's the thing I did. And they don't talk. She doesn't run over to him and hug him or no, say thank no. you or God no. bless. She doesn't even have information.
2: No. Then he goes into this that crazy church
3: thing that he sees. We go for our, we're going to the boss, right? Fight and we're wending our way. He's through he, this really weird. It's it's weird. He goes, and he's had some driving in between all this. <laughs> he said he drove his dad. Crazy tunnel that doesn't look like a regular I don't know what. Yeah, why, it's, the fuck yeah it. wherever he's some, going into. There's some uh, you know, Dirty Harry in the car, Phantasm <laughs> driving but through hell.
2: He when he goes into this building, it's like it's like a church. There's a book. Yeah. Kind of almost a economic yeah, book. Yeah, yeah, and there's yeah. this great scene where he just opens it and he looks in and he just fucking
3: throws it on <laughs> yeah, the it Yeah. Junk. Yeah. And then <laughs> yeah. he goes down. Yeah. There's And this the, place makes absolutely no sense. No. It's it, there's it, it, tunnels. It's got those, it May it has the logic of a dnd dungeon or video game it of just why would you ever hole yourself up in this fire trap where you know (laughs) if somebody made a bad batch of eggs you'd probably die down there i mean it's just it's there's no chairs i mean it's just it's just again drug addicts idea of you know right cool well, place to or, hang out or, or it's some or, old
2: weird shit right that they because hear. we get that to the because well because they, they
3: didn't make this
2: so so he's got two
3: more the, left. these dudes didn't now, make this
2: he meets the the mother character yeah and she gives a speech yeah she says crazy shit jeremiah
0: says i'm the most sensual lover it's Because of my sensitivity and my empathy, I can anticipate my
2: lover's every move. You know, I could satisfy him. Yeah. I'm great with my lovers and yeah. all this stuff, and he's just leering crazily at her. Yeah,
3: and you know that's not going anywhere, too. That
2: we cut and we see Jeremiah is in this. Room with his light, and he's it's where know, he paints he, his miniatures. He, <laughs> uh, no, no, that light's no good. He talks about yeah. you know he talks about getting you know that's where he gets his inspirations or where God yeah. talks to him yeah. or the devil or whatever the fuck he's doing. And her head
3: just rolls through, right? And he and just throws her head. Terrific looking yeah. fake head. Yeah,
2: he he throws her head and yeah. he screams. Yeah, because our love, cultist is. I
3: love this whole where he is completely shown to be an absolute coward when it comes down to it, which is. Not the way people portray these characters. They're always a mix of Jim Jones, Hannibal, and uh, False Doom. They're always badasses who can yeah. get, who can fight. This guy's emotionally and dramatically. It's a bit of a letdown. There are times where you want to see the end fight. You know, every Hong Kong film ends with the guy who did all this terrible stuff gets right. his
2: right. Oh, but then you but go,
3: but the but the,
2: it's the satis- James Bond thing is there's our job and
3: yeah. then there's... sure. Definitely. But this guy doesn't even get to pull a gun. No, he's... Like Goldfinger. He doesn't even get to do... Or disappear and then try to kill him on a plane. He's an absolute piece of shit, coward, conniving, you know, emperor has no clothes. He's just a manipulative piece of shit. When the chips are down, he's nothing. He begs, he pleads, he... Pleads. He he argues. He says he'll suck his
0: cock.
2: It's not just your life.
0: No 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 please 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 don't hurt me shh, shh, shh. Can't you see this was all part of your journey? The journey that led you to me to your salvation You are cleansed by my hand oh, I'll blow you man, I'll suck your fucking dick.
3: Yeah, you do not get the uh Thrill of a final fight,
2: no. and Nicolas Cage when he starts talking to him, yeah. he's talking to him in guttural. Is is he being transformed by the drug? Is he as he is he in hell? He's is it, Is he the avenging angel? You know whatever it is. Kneel before
0: me, motherfucker. I'm your god now. Yeah, you know.
3: he, he's not sleeping. He's that drug is keeping him up. He's not. He hasn't. They don't show him like you know getting rest like some characters do in these movies. Does do he even know. bandage himself? I mean, he's got holes in parts of his bodies, and I don't even remember if he puts if he no. does anything for the for the uh, little American. back teen. No, <laughs> he stops. He doesn't. You'd have been funny if he started. Putting that drug in his holes. <laughs> and shit. He kills him. What does he strangle him? He pops his head like oh, a grape. Oh, that's
2: right. That's right. Yeah. He pops his head like a grape. And kind of shows a bit of release afterwards. Yeah. Nicolas
3: Cage. Yeah, little st- some good breathing. Yeah, and you would think that that would just be the absolute end. Well, you knew there has to be a coda of some sort. Well, you'd hope, like, but you're not going to get him returning to his old life and going, "Hey, let's." No, stop more- no, no it's- he
2: he leaves the place. He gets in his car and he's driving, and he starts hallucinating. He starts
3: having visions. He's crossing over to another place. Uh, he sees Mandy riding shotgun. He's covered in blood, ash style. Right. He looks real happy. But kind of crazy happy in that one famous shot—the flashback scene, which that I is love. terrific. Which
2: I always see is their first meeting.
3: It, it is. You it know. has to be right. He's wearing his forty-four shirt. He's got the look. He's got the shirt that he said, "That's my favorite shirt." When the uh, female Cenobite ripped uh, yeah. stabbed him. When he, uh, which is oh, my favorite shirt. <laughs> it's, a, it's just very funny. He's in a bar. He's area. in a bar. It's his older life, and yeah. he looks across and sees her. Yeah, they flash back to. Their first meeting—it's the first normal scene in the whole movie. It got to me. It's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. You hardly even know these two, but it's such a good choice. It's such a good choice. Yeah. Because endings are hard, even for a movie like this where missions are accomplished and there is no happy ending. You
2: have what a minute scene that shows she saved him and he loves her. Yeah. You know, you get that. He's become different because of her.
3: Right. And, oh, and and they've saved each other, probably. Yes, definitely. And, and she he couldn't definitely... save her. You know what's happened to her. Right. They didn't do anything to deserve this. It's not like this is one of those movies where his past has come back to haunt no. him. No. He wasn't in this cult. No. He didn't do anything that brought this up. Neither of them.
2: No, she was just walking on the road. Yeah. It's, it's you know? just and, fate.
3: Uh, and uh, bad guys drove down the road. You, you don't even know what they were doing there. Right? Uh, they're not horror movie characters in that sense. They didn't go into they were just living their life and bad shit came to town you know yeah. they just happened to fuck with the wrong ex alcoholic metallurgist <laughs> D&D, metal fan crossbow champion murderer mercenary yeah. is there a shot before they go to
2: credits they pan up yeah and we see that an alien that's landscape that's right it,
3: it's funny because just from the colors when they started panning up and they show the red the the, yeah. the, the, the red and the orange and I'm going I'm hoping there's two sons or yeah, two yeah, yeah. I swear to God. Yeah. Because like this is well, a Delray...
2: I'm pretty sure that his he's a, one, one of two his two first dreams or like that. Yeah. of her, you see that kind of landscape yeah.
3: in his dreams. Yeah. Yeah. again, I'd have to see. And the funny thing is, this is the kind of ending that would have bothered me back in the day. I just figured... I don't know it, what it means. I, I thought it was an allegory, but it doesn't matter. If uh, he's if, Is uh, he on a planet with I just
2: fucking... No, I, just, I just see him as he's in his he's, work he's, yeah. he, they've crossed over he's with Mandy yeah. and whatever is left yeah. for them to have yeah.
3: or he's mentally that yeah. drug is yeah he's in the world he wants to be in right now which you know either way it's and then at the very very end post credits you get to see her sketchbook yeah that he was watching that you did not see and it shows him and a, and a tiger a tiger and it's funny because she does she draws in. Her, it's really well it's nicely drawn I almost thought it was going to be drawn like the heavy metal cartoons mm. you know that that was going to be her style I found this to be an incredibly fulfilling movie on every level. Yeah. As a revenge movie, as a surreal experience, as a quest, as a fantasy, as, as a horror movie. I mean, as a what the fuck was that? Hmm. You yeah. know, I, I just I just really loved it.
2: It makes no sense to me how you can't include this as one of the best horror films in the last decade.
3: The only reason I can see people thinking that is if they're being nitpicky. Well, if they didn't like it. Perfectly valid. If, mm, if you have, sure. if there are reasons, it just doesn't jive with, you know. But there's a hipster, for lack of a better way of putting it, there's a hipster, modern hipster approach that I don't like in a lot of these movies. Mm. That Mandy seems to be the only person who can make that trick shot. I don't, and I think Mandy was a self aware film that knew how to bury its self awareness into the film. They wove it into the pattern of the film rather than having it as this surface nudge, nudge, wink, wink. I mean, Mandy is a movie that kind of covers its tracks because the fantasy elements can allow you to get away with things. But it's not a dream logic movie. It's not Phantasm. It's not Suspiria. It's not, geez, even Exorcist 3 or something like that where weird, weird shit happens because weird shit happens. Everything is actually kind of covered in a logical sense in this world you know you take this drug too much you will turn i mean it's a cronenberg reality almost more than anything it's a, the, but it's a kind re- of stephen king where i'm a normal person and all of
2: a sudden this crazy thing has come to my town or right or come right. by
3: it, no in some ways it, it 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 has a stephen king feel in the way that um certain things like like salem's lot is a good uh, bag of bones which i did not like is like where your character it turns out has an experience, a weird experience that is not necessarily related to the bad shit that is the main plot. To me, this is a world that can go deep. You can go deeper into this world because it has its own rule book and it has its own aesthetic. it It's got its, You don't have to have Nicolas Cage even. This could almost be like a wild cards thing because <laughs> the chemist is still around. The drug is still around. It's funny because in some ways where Nick Cage goes is the least interesting thing yeah. for me. He's he's one. He's good. He mm. seems happy. I'm glad for him. Yeah. I hope he doesn't drive into an eighteen-wheeler <laughs> and kill the driver because, you know. But I don't. You know, who the fuck even knows where he is? It's such a. I just. I just really, really. So, so it, would you recommend Mandy? Um, it depends on the person because I can easily see somebody, and this is not a condescend. This is not me being condescending, but I, it is definitely a movie I can see a lot of people being turned off to because the aesthetic is so singular and so much a part of the movie that I can see people who either don't connect with the aesthetic. I mean if you don't like to look at certain colors for two hours, you might get, you know, tired of Suspiria or tired of this movie. Right. I mean you might not just like revenge movies or whatever the hell, but the thing is to me this is like an this is like a Uber revenge fan this is just insane. Fucked up, drug addled, violent, depressing, sad it's one it's weirdly wonderful it's weirdly thrilling
2: i'm glad you liked the movie because that would have sucked doing this if you hated No, it. well we would have <laughs> talked
3: about it would just it would, you know no it wouldn't have because we you know we could have just it would have been a different dis- conversation you know what i mean it would have been uh it would have been stating the case against there's nothing wrong with that either i would i would recommend it
2: is there anything we should say at the end before we forget like
3: I'm look at my notes real
2: quick. No, I don't mean it oh. the movie. Oh, I think I'm we, sorry. <laughs> we've said everything about the movie.
1: Find the podcast online at tearthemapart.com. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Follow on Twitter at Tear them You can support the podcast on Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash tearthemapartpodcast. Check out the Tear Them Apart podcast channel on YouTube for occasional live streams. Paul and Evan will be back in 2022. Hey me what you want to do. They'll say, they'll say,
0: Brandy, you're a fine girl.